Welcome everybody to Jim White's favourite football podcast, the OnlyFans football podcast. On this week's show, the lads have a deadline day special. The lads discuss the current situation with the Ivory Coast FA and Mo Salah carrying Egypt to an AFCON victory. The lads taste a vegan Kinder Bueno while discussing all deadline day shenanigans. The lads discuss Frank Lampard's appointment at Everton and the return of Christian Eriksen to the Premier League. Be sure to check out our Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, Twitter and TikTok and we hope you enjoy the show. Take it easy. It's deadline day, baby. <laughs> I spanked these senses tell me this is going to get fucking tasty, baby. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. There's a slice of cheese when you go to your topless. I have a dream. Arnie Cup. Bartler. And the fella in the green and white short. The guys up in the joy of us to be put back in their cells. <laughs> <laughs> if you stop waffling, we might get some work on. He has the goo blood. He has the goo blood. Get out! Get out, man! You ain't that. Let me add a little bit of spice to that. Is he a fucking spice? My grandmother had wheels, she would have been a bike. I think I'm a special one. I'm the normal one. I never knew stuff that good. is the best on the silky German, he's just what we need. He won't chance to be the champion. We were actually singing it the other day, funnily enough. Right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Only Fans Football Podcast. Deadline Day special. We are sitting here in the Sky Sports Studio. My God, Adzi. <laughs> <laughs> we're here. Uh, we're here. <laughs> we're here. Uh, I can't speak. <laughs> oh, my God. We're here with Harry Redknapp. Harry, have you got anything to say? Oh, I'm a I'm a London geezer. I'm here on deadline day trying to make a few transfers. I fucking hate deadline day, man. I'll be deadly serious with you. It's an absolute shell of its former self. And it's a, it's decline day, I call it, because it declines every year. I'm sure you're not like me, Cran, because I'm an old romantic. I'm sure you've been on Fabrizio Romano's Twitter page all day, constantly updating. Ooh, what's Fabrizio saying? Ooh, let's go. All this shit. I've been looking at Sky Sports since I got out of cut this morning. And I've had an absolutely yeah. awful time. A dreadful time was had. I swear to God, I hate I hate everyone on this channel. No, you're dead right about me being a, a, a newbie with Fabrizio. I was Millennial. actually I was watching his uh, Heineken Twitch stream today on, oh Christ. on Dutch. It wasn't on Dutch television. I don't know why I'm saying <laughs> that. It was in the Dutch Heineken building. Jesus. They let him in. They were giving him free Heineken and everything. Behind the bar, there was a fella coming on who worked there. Hmm. While Fabrizio was gone to the toilet, yeah. and he was sitting down, and he was saying, "I do not watch football." <laughs> <laughs> he was literally he was he was talking about dead on He didn't watch a bar of football. He said he was he used to be a Roma fan when Totti played, but he hasn't watched since. So he was just filling in for Fabrizio. To be fair to Fabrizio, right? Now I gave him a, a bit of abuse there, but Fabrizio Romano is what Jim White thinks he is. Like he's an actual genuine like. ICK, like he's actually in the know and he actually has like sources I'd say Jim White just rings up Harry Redknapp pretends that he's on the phone to him he's like Harry are you signing anyone Harry you know what I mean that's a horrible Jim White accent and I hope he's offended by it but here we are on deadline day 
Cram, how are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, I had a, I had, I'm, I'm grand, man. How was your week? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to dive straight into it, but I'll let you, I'll let you start. Uh, so, Adzi, my week has been terrific. I went to McGain Town. McGain Town, baby! It's a kick, isn't it? Back on Friday. It, it's, you know what, it's a toxic relationship. It's, mm, uh, it's, it's either here or there. Mm. But uh, I went there anyway, and I went in, had a good night, went home, went to work. Went to work again. Played a bit of Red Dead Redemption. And here we are. Mm. Red Dead Redemption, by the way, at the minute. Red Dead Redemption 2, to be more specific, is winning the poll at the minute for the Hall of Fame. It's everyone's isolation favourite game. Mm. Everyone isolation's playing it. Mm. I've, I've talked. My mate started the train. So Ben was playing for the first time. Mm. I was like, I can't. I want to go back playing Red Dead Redemption. I started it in isolation. My other mate's in isolation playing Red Dead Redemption now. We're all playing Red Dead Redemption too. It's like it's like a cute little family tree. It is, yeah. Made out of horses and cowboys. Arthur Morgan. <laughs> Dutch. <laughs> Dutch, we need to get out of here, Dutch. Oh, Sorry, God. the accent's going good. <laughs> the accent's so far up and awful. I'm going to lasso this woman, Dutch. <laughs> and I'm going to throw her on the train tracks. It sounds like Dutch. Senan if he was in a... <laughs> he's in Django Unchained or something. The noise you know. <laughs> it sounds like Senan. <laughs> Speaking of Senan, Adi, how was your... How was your week, Adi? Yeah, it was a good week. It was a good week. The freedom... Oh, by the way, you're out of isolation. We're in, we're in the Potato Wad studio. Yeah. Recording live. Um, Cran, he's not riddled anymore. I have my booster pending this week at some stage. I'm riddled. I'm going to be boosted with five presence, <laughs> And I'm riddled with Jim White. Yeah, yeah, I came there with a bit of fever this morning. Bit of deadline day fever. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a good week. It was one of the lads' birthday on Friday. Shout out to Fig. Fig and Matty of Kulak. We're out in the cock and bowl. I'm a grand Fig Row. I can't beat them now, to be mm. fair. Yeah, we're, we're out there. And, you know, freedom, freedom. We're back, baby. We're back. You know what I mean? You can actually go to the pubs now. And not have to worry about anything, and it's uh, it's great laugh. And then Saturday night, like you, I was in McGowan's on Saturday night as well. I was in Mima's to start the night off with a good friend, and we had a little time. And then we went to McGowan's, and do you know what? It was actually good crack. To be fair, McGowan's is alright. You know what I mean? It's like, like it's like being in a jar with sardines. It's packed. It's packed, but it is for the most part, it is decent banter. You know what I mean? It's good crack. You'd be lost without it. About one o'clock, every, guaranteed every weekend, one o'clock in the morning, they just stick on a Westlife CD for a, a half an hour. You know what I mean? But look, you deal with it. McCown, we do love you. Just give us a sponsor. Like. And here we are, Monday evening, watching Deadline Day. What a weekend. Actually, I was watching the AFCON, like yourself. We'll have a bit of an update on that coming up. We got everything wrong again, by the way. We're so bad at predicting things. In the NFL, quick NFL update, Cranley, if you don't mind. Mm. The Cincinnati Bagels, as my old man likes to call them, the Bengals, of course, have got through to the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow, unbelievable in the game. Chiefs kind of bottled it. Pat Mahomes kind of threw it away. They kind of got rattled in the second quarter. And Joe Burrow just took advantage and they went through. And then... The Phenom. The Phenom. He's like the Phenom of, of soccer. Um, and then in the later game, it was the Rams who got through against the 49ers. And I'm kind of happy. Like, I know I know you couldn't really give a toss about NFL, so I'm not going to harp on too I'll much. I watched the Super Bowl from yeah. Mark Chapman. Do you ever watch Yeah, on BBC. On BBC yeah. yeah, and you have the other two American guys. <laughs> they actually kind of like go together well. It's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah so it's the Rams up against the Bengals. And when I started watching NFL a good few years ago, about 10 years ago now, I could never have had imagined the Bengals and the Rams 
in the Super Bowl. So I'm delighted that they're both there. It's going to be a good Super Bowl definitely this year. But for this week's icebreaker, Cron, we have our favourite deadline day moments. Before we get into it, before we say the viewers ones. There's not many of them. It's not, it's not, huh? There's not many of them? I think, to be fair, I think deadline day years ago was a good crack. Yeah. We will get into it, but. um, Well, all I can say is that I loved it. It was of its time about 11 years ago. Mm. And now they have people, clueless journalists like Dharma Shesh and I don't even know what the other fellow's name is. Kai Savakal. Yeah. They they do not have a tap on the likes of when they had proper footballers. Harry Harry Redknapp being probably the main one. And they're kicking off the likes of Phil Thompson, etc. But I'm not going to go. Paul Robinson's been on today. Anton Ferdinand. I've been listening to them all day. They're fucking idiots. Like, you know what I mean? Anton Ferdinand was talking about Lingard earlier, and I was like, just shut up, Willie. You don't know what you're on about. But anyways, of an older ilk, I enjoyed Deadline Day years and years ago. I really enjoyed it. It was full of memes, um, and it was unironically good. Like, like I think the problem is like Sky took the irony out of it. Like the iron, the irony of a of a reporter. Of a reporter being outside the training ground and groups of men and children standing around them waiting for the club to probably not sign anybody at all. And doing and absurd things. And doing it, yeah, and this is what we get into. But like, that's when it was great. And then they kind of made it all like commercial and it's like big black and yellow, deadline day, dun dun dun. And it's just not as funny anymore for me, anyways. Yeah. But we have got some deadline day um, memories. If you, Do you want to kick us off or will I re- read these first? Oh, I'll, kick, I'll kick this off I think my favourite deadline day memory I think it was 2011 it was the January deadline Chelsea were about to sign Fernando Torres for 50 million off Liverpool yeah. and at the time this was a big name signing and I don't think there has been one on deadline day since if I'm honest um, well I think Ozil went on deadline day one year well, go on continue, with <laughs> on, go on, continue with he has big eyes he's not a big signing <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no I think Andy Carroll went to Liverpool on the same night and it was just be- it was beautiful and you've seen pictures of Liverpool fans burning oh, jerseys and this is the kind they don't they don't show that anymore <laughs> yeah. they don't make them like they used to you know what I mean but it was it was just a great buzz out there that was my favourite deadline day I, I remember watching this as well sorry to call across me but I told you this earlier when we were talking about like our memories of this song I said I'll, I'll leave this one to later because I didn't think you would bring this up actually I thought you were going to bring up something like my one that I'll say in a minute but I remember watching this deadline day and being intrigued by it as well because it was um it was like a period of transition for Liverpool. So he had Hodgson. Hodgson bought so many ship players and then it came to the January. Torres wanted to leave, Morales wanted to leave. Um we got Suarez, Kenny King Kenny came back, he got Suarez. We were linked with Andy Carroll, but it was always like, Well, they'll get Andy Carroll if Torres doesn't leave. Yeah. And obviously as a young kid at the time, twenty eleven, Torres was my favourite player. He had just won the World Cup with Spain as well, so there's a lot of things going into it. And I remember this day specifically. Um, I woke up, and this is when deadline day was at, at peak for me. I woke up, and I wanted to watch it all day, so I wanted to stay at home and watch it. Yeah. So I woke up, and I, I put fake tears in my eyes. I licked my finger and put tears in my eyes, and I rubbed my head to make it look like I had a temperature. And I went to my mom. I was like, Mom, I'm feeling really sick. Can I stay at home today? She's like, I, like, like any loving mother, they wouldn't want their son going into school sick. She goes, yeah, no bother. So I stayed home that day and watched Deadline Day. Only to wake up the next morning in absolute tears that Fernando Torres had left. I was broken up by it. Honest to God, I'll never and forget you, it. You had to get you had to get the day off school because you actually were. Yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, that was that was deadline day. It's peak for oh, me. Yeah, think. great show. Um, we'll read we'll we'll read a few of these real quick, right? Mm-hmm. So we have Eno straight away talking about Leeds as he does usually. So he says Leeds telling everybody not to go to bed on deadline day. Ah, oh, stay up. We might be signing someone <laughs> only for them to sell two players. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of shouters. So we have. Obviously, like I think this is, I think this is kind of one of the more famous ones. Is Peter Adam Wee? We nearly had a similar situation today. We'll get into it in a minute. Um, turning up to QPR, to Loftus Road, to Harry Redknapp the geezer. Tried the force through a move. <laughs> he done an interview on Sky and everything, and I was like, it's not a hundred percent true. Um, the deal's not a hundred percent done, but it's looking like it's getting done. Only for it to not get done for the clocks to go bong. Deadline day show. We have <laughs> this is a good one from Cuddle. Any time it went to Stoke fans, absolute creatures. <laughs> what a show. We have Jer saying, and to be fair, it was Jer Rory. There's a few people saying it. Alton said it as well. Um, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> has to be the Everton fans putting a dildo in the air of the reporter outside Goodison. <laughs> That was, and that's why they don't do anything anymore. That's why they don't do it. I know this. They haven't gone to a poor once in this no. the whole time I've been here. <laughs> they don't do that anymore. Shay said that as well, of course. Um, of course, Shay said it. And yeah, that's it. I'm not going to read too many more, but if, if anyone was looking at the socials earlier, they will have seen my favourite deadline day moment, Cran. Um, a reporter outside Norwich's ground, Carra Road, I believe it's called. And two Leeds fans come up in the background and start shagging. And that's why they don't do it anymore. But shout out to the Leeds fans for giving endless memories. Why would Leeds fans say? Because I don't know. They just turned up. It was on telly. We're on t- imagine, right? Imagine, Cran. Come here, right? This is what I find funny, okay? Imagine you're sitting at home, 31st of January, deadline day. Ring up on the lads. What's the story, Shay? Come here. Can you see? Can you see the reporter there down, down at Daily Mount, on deadline day? Yeah. Do you want to come down and we jump in the background and pretend to be shagging each other? <laughs> Could you imagine having that conversation with your friend? Well, you know man. what I mean. Well, fairness to them, absolute legends, absolute legends, and that's why they don't do it anymore. But um, yeah, and they're not legends. No, they're definitely not legends. <laughs> not at all. Oh. Moving on, Cran. We're going to. So what we're we doing today is podcast, Cran. We're going to. <laughs> it's going to be a bit of a, a messy one because yeah. we have a. Well, I suppose it'd be more be more of a chat while watching this, but I, we'll be talking about the. We'll be talking about everyone's transfer window. Yeah. All the Premier League teams. We'll probably rate them. them. We'll give them a rating now or something. Yeah. Not all of them, because some of them are just shit. Like some of them done done nothing. Like Chelsea didn't do very much. Well, not yet. There's a potential deal going through at the minute, but we don't know if that'll actually happen. But yeah. We'll ask Carver Solihull, will he? And you give us some <laughs> backwards answer and say it actually is happening, and then about two hours later, it doesn't happen. I was talking to my friend's cousin there the other day, and he, he's friends with uh, Callum Hudson Adoy, and he said that he would love Usman Dembele. So that means Usman Dembele signed for Chelsea. That's essentially what they're like. <laughs> we'll start off, Cran, the Jim White special. We'll start off with Arsenal, okay? A bit of a mad January, right? Um, they haven't brought anyone in. They've they've gotten rid of a lot of players, and obviously, of course, the game against Spurs got postponed, and a lot of people are you know kicking up a fuss. But if you look at who Arsenal got rid of in this window, so Ainsley Maitland Niles, 
went to Roma on loan. Kolesnach went to Marseille for free. Chambers went to Aston Villa. And Pablo Mari went to Udinese on loan. I'm not going to lie to you, I think Arsenal pulled the wool over the FA FA Jesus yeah. <laughs> I think Arsenal pulled the, the wool over the FA's eyes. That is scandalous. I can't believe they got they got away with that. And obviously the bigger news story today, I suppose. Do you wanna do you wanna take it take it away here with Aubameyang? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh Adzi. It's like the Om um, Wiggy part two, is it? <laughs> Oh damn, Wingy! <laughs> you completely missed that. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really <laughs> after getting sick to crap. The way you said that. Oh god, the Adam Wingy. <laughs> it's oh, a hard name Christ. to say. But uh, no, he he went flew to Barca in his big puffer jacket. Uh, you were talking about wool over the eyes. He had wool at the back of his neck. Hmm. And he got off the plane, and he was apparently he's trying to force me out through the Barca because he he's not playing for Arsenal at the moment, obviously. Yeah. So. And, I'm just looking at it. so a deal would go through if, if if Barcelona got rid of a player. So the player that that's kind of like up in the air is Ousmane Dembele. Chelsea need to get Ousmane Dembele for Aubameyang to get a move according to Barcelona. To this, according yeah. to Sky Sports, which is yeah. like they want to spin a story. But um, <laughs> so Aubameyang said earlier, he said, "Oh no, it was only a family holiday to Barcelona." After literally trying to get a move with him, but now in another twist, and it does make for good entertainment. To be fair, to Sky. <laughs> Um, it looks like Barcelona have, have agreed a deal to sign Pierre um, Emmerich Aubameyang which is a bit of a mad transfer over Paris as well and we will talk about it in Euro Trash Treasure I think Arsenal I think they're going to be in trouble if for the rest of the season they're looking to get into European football hmm. like bear in mind they have no European football as it is they're out of the FA Cup they're out of the League Cup they're looking to finish fourth in the Premier League or in the top four with Eddie Nketiah and Alexander and Alexander Lacazette and Lacazette blows hot and cold as well. Yeah. It's not like he's world class all the time. First, he blows cold and cold for me. I yeah. think I don't think he's I don't think he's a top level striker at all. And I think Arsenal could be in trouble. Well, and they always were. True. We'll move on to Aston Villa Cran. I've all these written out, so I'll probably be taking the lead on I apologise. For anyone who's listening and you can hear a lot of me. I'm sorry about that. It's not a bad thing. Um so Aston Villa in this window have brought in Luca Dean, which we've talked about at length from Everton. <clears throat> they've brought in Callum Chambers from Arsenal they brought in Felipe Coutinho from Barcelona and they brought in Robin Olsen from uh, Roma and they've gotten rid of um, Wesley I don't know if you know Wesley he's gone back to Brazil to play for Internacional El Ghazi went to Everton on loan and in a move today Matt Targa also went to Newcastle on loan so we'll probably touch on them when we're talking about Everton and Newcastle yeah. but just speaking about players coming in I think Luca Dean for me is probably the best sign in the window yeah definitely I mean He's he had such a good spell at Everton before he fell out of favour and at Barca as well. Maybe it was too big a, a move to go to Barca for him. Maybe too soon, yeah. Yeah, but he's really excelled in the Premier League and I actually think he's one of the best yeah. left backs in the Premier League. I yeah. would have loved him at Chelsea and I was very disappointed we didn't get for go for him when we have Alonso mm. and we have Emerson for the rest of the season. Yeah. It, we haven't even Picked up Emerson. So we have Alonso and we have who else? So it is disappointing we didn't go for him, but good, good, great sign for Villa. And then they've brought in so many other signings. Like that's probably an A plus transfer window for mm, them. Coutinho as well is a, is a great move. Um, and just touch on Luca Dean. It's it's notorious. I am a shithouse towards everything. We all know that. Um, Luca Dean is a shithouse in life. And I've always despised when he played for everything. 
But I have to say, I'm delighted he got moved to Villa because I can actually enjoy him. He actually is a quality player. He's a lovely player. He has a wonderful left foot. Such a graceful left foot. He has a great cross. He can score a free kick. Um, for me, he's probably one of Everton. He would have been one of Everton's best players. Mm. And it's just another example of shoddy dealings with Everton. But great move for, for Villa. Um, and a big upgrade on target as well. Yeah. Like we've, we've called him umpteen times this podcast, Matt off target. And on a few times. And on, well, uh, twice. <laughs> but he's usually he's usually more often than not he's, he's bad. And to be honest with you, I'm, I think Luke Dane's just, just a massive upgrade. Oh, yeah. Um, we move on to Brentford, who probably made the, the earliest big transfer of deadline day was um, Christian Eriksen coming back to Premier League football. Cran, what have you got to say about that? I think it's great news. For him to get a move back to football, Yeah. let alone Brentford, Yeah. is... Fantastic news. Yeah, and they have a good Danish kind of contingency there as well, I think. Mm. So he's going into he's going into play with players that he's very familiar with. Um yeah, that day was I have to say one of the worst days I've ever, I've ever felt watching football. Yeah. Um I remember looking at it and I remember it panning back to the RT studios and then you had the players of course around him and it looked like it looked like he was he was gone. You know what I mean? That's it was very serious and it was terrifying. I, I was terrified looking at it and um, it's great to see him back playing football. It's great to see him back in the Premier League. Um, hopefully he's fitting well, and hopefully he can provide, you know, more moments of magic that he can provide. He's mm. a fabulous player. I think it went on his day. He's best. He's best ever. Like you see him, what he did. Like I'm not, not going to pick on us for example because we're we're not great, are we? But yeah, you see him, what he did to us in the Aviva. Yeah, and Four that, goals. I was at that game as well. Adzi. And I remember coming out of that game. You you know me. I like I love going to watch football and. Um, I go and watch a lot of live football, yeah. but I've never come out of a game being more impressed with a player. Um, after that Ireland game, and like we're obviously supporting Ireland, and Ericsson just does that to us, and it was, it was unbelievable. It was and, ruthless. And, I yeah, and it was great. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just hope for him. I hope he can perform, and I hope he's you know keeping well. You know. Yeah, we'll see. No pressure on him though. That's about important. One of one of the departures from Brentford was uh, Charlie Good. Charlie, not so good. <laughs> it was coming. It was coming. He played one game in the Premier League this season and gave away one penalty. Um, I think he, I remember the funny yeah, yeah, he won't be missed. I have Brighton's um, transfers, like who they've brought in, written down, and it's Kozlowski of Pagan Szczesniak was bought for nine point nine million, and then he was loaned out straight away to Royal Union Saint. What did you say? Jalise. and then Aaron Connolly went to Middlesbrough. That's a shit transfer now for Brighton. Isn't it? Well, that's the thing. Like they, that's why Potter needs probably needs to look to moving out of there. Like he's done what he has with Brighton. It's a project that he's done very well in to get them into mid table. There's, there's not an awful lot more he can do. No, you know, because they don't have the funding. We have Burnley's transfer window written down here, Cran. And for me, underrated transfer window. I think they've had one of the most underrated transfer windows here. We've they've brought, they've gotten rid of Chris Wood for twenty seven million. Chris Wood, twenty seven million. Yeah, and they've brought in Wow. Weghorst from uh, Wolfsburg for 12.6 million. Woot, woot. Woot, woot. Um, and for anyone who, who wouldn't be that too familiar with the Bundesliga, I'm, I'm not going to claim to be a hipster and be like, actually, the Bundesliga <laughs> kicks off at 2.30 on a Saturday. Um, he's, a, he's a prolific goal scorer. He is. He's a prolific goal scorer. I was looking at his stats today. And I, I, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm doing a Charlie Nicholas here. I'm sitting here thinking, how would he pull this off? That they I've said it. I said it Dave earlier. They're after pulling the wall over everyone. Everyone's eyes. I I would fancy Burnley now to stay up with the experienced players they have, 
Maxi Cornet come back from AFCON and this fellow Weghorst up front. I'd fancy Burnley to be to get out of this situation that they're in. Especially with the experience they have. Um, Crystal Palace, they also didn't do an awful lot. Chelsea, another club who have done very little, Cran. Very irregular, but also not irregular in the last few years in January. Um, we move on. So we move on now to everything, Cran. <laughs> and we start off with who they've brought in. So Mikelenko from Dynamo Kiev, £21.15 million. Pounds. Hmm. Nathan Patterson from Rangers, £12.6 pounds. Six million pounds, fuck's sake. El Ghazi from Aston Villa on loan. Delhi Ali also has is, is is on his way to everything. Yeah. And I was reading on Twitter earlier that it's forty million pounds they're seemingly buying him for. Hmm. No, he's not worth that. Now before we talk about Frankie Lampard, can we talk about this recruitment? What the fuck are they spending? I think this recruitment's mental. Lampard hasn't signed any of these apart from I suppose he signed Van de Beek and well, I think Van de Beek was linked on Raffles there as well yeah. but obviously Lampard got the deal through and then obviously Ali um, coming to work with Lampard and to be fair I think I know I'm, I'm giving grief about the you know price tag on Delhi Ali I have gone to bat for Ali before even at the start of the season I am a fan of Delhi yeah. um, and I do think look he's worked with Lampard who notorious for being a midfielder who runs into the box late on he scores goals assists him like you know what well, I mean? the best at, the best at doing it like, you know all I mean? these so, all these attacking midfielders are looking at Frank Lampard and they're like I want to learn from the yeah, best so yeah. I'm going to go there exactly that's why Van de Beek's gone as well Um, what do you think about Van de Beek I think look he's a player that even before he went to United I don't think he had much game time with Dortmund the season before or sorry with Ajax the season Ajax, before yeah. I think he played 19 games for the, the whole season so he's a player that hasn't really seen much game time since two or three years ago. Um, and I think, honestly, he was excellent in the Champions League campaign that time they got the semis. Yeah. I think a few players were excellent. Ziyech has been one of them. Will he cut it in the Premier League? That's the, the big question because he hasn't really seen that game time mm. in the Premier League. I, I think, to be honest, I think there has to be a reason for that. Now, mm. I'm willing to I'm willing to be proven wrong here completely before no, I get into there it. Had those, there does. I'm willing to be proven wrong here. But I think if two managers have seen him train, the way Ollie's seen him train and Ragnick now seen Thor Thor Ragnarok has seen him train <laughs> and they've, they've both gone they've both gone mm, I don't really fancy you I just don't know if he's cut for the Premier League that's all and again look, I'd gladly be proven wrong if he does well at Everton fair play to him I just I just personally I don't, I don't think he's I don't think he's up to scratch but I do think Ali could be an interesting one for Everton I think the biggest transfer for Everton though has to be Lampard yeah I mean, we had a discussion earlier about it, so yeah, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you bring up all flames, but come on. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, the thing about Frank, I thought he was let go too early at Chelsea, but then again, you had a look at Tuchel coming in, and you can't say that it wasn't justified after Tuchel won the Champions League, mm. and you can't say it wasn't justified after seeing how many wins Tuchel's getting and how organised we look. But the thing about Frank Lampard is he did a lot of good as well, and I don't like slandering someone who does a lot of good because he did bring through all them players, and he did play exciting football. That's one thing I, I really liked, and I don't know if that was exciting because it was all over the place, basketball, mm. football, or what. But unexpected, it was exciting. Look, I, I I wish him very well. I do think that the Everton job is more suited to him. It's that individual stepping stone he should have made maybe from Derby to Everton yeah, or maybe even something smaller 
So I do think it's suited more to his standard manager at the moment. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where you probably, for him, you have to build up to a Chelsea job. Yeah. Like, he went from Derby to Chelsea. And I'm not saying this to stick a knife in anything. He didn't necessarily, like, set Derby alight. Now, I know he said earlier about the playoff finals, whatever. You know, in in essence, he brought them a team that finished fourth to sixth. Well, yeah. With better players and et cetera. Mm-hmm. But again, we're not getting into it. I don't agree. Compare it. Well, I mean, it's tr- it is true, though. Agree, they yeah. lost in the playoff final as well. Um, Just about. Well, I mean, they still lost. <laughs> yeah, but look, like, look al- at team. Almost, almost doesn't count in football. Like, you look you know at that I mean? team, Adzi. He brought, he brought true Mason down to that team. So yeah. you can't say it, it wasn't. Like the season Mason Mount and the season Harry, yeah, do you, do you the think, season Harry Wilson. Do you think had. Derby County fans give a fuck about Mason Mount playing for Chelsea? I think Derby County fans love them there. Yeah, but do you think they give a fuck now? Do they give a fuck now? Probably not. But look at the state they're in now. Yeah, yeah, that's football. That's no, that's football. not football. It, it is not football. football. It's not like I mean, they're shambles. Being, the way they're around the shambles as well. But <sighs> it's not football. Like nearly, nearly winning things doesn't matter in football. It doesn't. But you can't look at the season Derby had the year after Lampard yeah. left and tell me that. He wasn't doing a good job. Yeah, but he, you can, you can't tell the me that. Signs, no, the signs he made as Derby manager ran the club into the crowd like they're, they're got, they'll probably no, be buzzed by the end of the season. Adzi, you can't, you can't. Uh, no, I've I've seen him for his time, so I can. Like it, these things happen in football. So you're telling me him bringing Tamori to Derby, him bringing Mason Mount to Derby. Did he win the playoff final? <laughs> Dead not Derby. Did, did he win the playoff final? <laughs> Did he win the playoff final? Oh God Almighty! Did he? He didn't win the playoff final though. No, you know no. What I mean? So it's, it's, it's did a, you it's watch a, the playoff final? Did you? Yeah, I probably did. Did. You, did you watch it? Yeah, I probably did. Yeah. Yeah, and Derby played well in that game. And did they win? They didn't win, but they got. It lucky. doesn't matter though, Cran. It, it doesn't matter in football if you don't win. No one remembers who finished second. Yeah, I don't want to go in. No, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's what Everton need himself. <laughs> Of course you don't. I don't think no, he's no. what they need. What, what do Everton need then? They need stability. They, had, yeah. they need someone to stable the shit back. Well, they're 16th in the league. Yeah. And you're telling me Lampard isn't good for Everton? Absolutely not. Well, who is then? I think I think what Everton have done... Who, who I will think go what, to Everton now? I think what the Everton board Everton have essentially done here... I think what the Everton board have essentially done here is got a, a gallon of petrol... And put it on a house that's on fire. <laughs> now you're, now you're, <laughs> no, no you're, I, I, I just think, I think everything, everything needs stability. You know what I mean? Everything needs whoever stability is. They need stability. Like you're talking about Potter at, at Brighton. Potter would have been a much better point than appointment than Lampard. The Potter wouldn't go there. Yeah, but as he said, does, everything... not, does not say a lot about Lampard that he's gone there. Like Potter's in a job and Lampard, well, he is in a job no, now. Potter's in a different situation because he has nothing to prove. He's a good manager already. Lampard, had, he he needs to seek redemption now because he because he's been sacked by Chelsea. Yeah, but if, if, if it was if a humiliating. If you were led to be believed, he's a, he's a good manager. You know what I mean? You were saying he's a good manager. So he, I'm, I didn't say he was a great manager. Yeah, but you said he was a good manager. You just you have to be insane. He's a good manager. Look what he did with Derby. I said he did a good job at Derby. <laughs> I'm acting the politician now, but you know what I mean. Very pedantic. No, but I do think he's in that same zone. He's he's not had enough experience to call him good or a bad manager. He's he's neither he's neither good nor he's great nor he's bad. He's not there yet. He needs more experience and you need to see him more. That's my opinion. That's fair enough. I just don't think he's whatever to need. That's all. 
I don't think that's an extraordinarily bad opinion. Like, I think no, it isn't. It is. If you asked a lot of, but, but I'd, lot I'd of, like you to give me a name who they do need. Well, I, I, I would have. My first choice would have been Potter, or it would have been Rogers. Now, not necessarily that they go, but that would have been my. I'd have them way quicker than I would have Lampard. Yeah. Look, he could do great. I'm not. I'm not gonna say he's gonna do bad. He could do great. I just don't think he's what everything needs. Yeah. I think Ali I'm, and Van I'm Van looking forward to for. future podcasts where I'm sticking up for everything and I have a yeah. reason to stick up for now. <laughs> um, oh, Leeds, Leeds have done absolutely zero this transfer window. Absolutely nothing. Um, they got rid of... Do they have funds? Do they have funds? They, I don't know whether they do explicitly have funds. Mm. You know what I mean? But they're definitely... <laughs> they're definitely not signing anybody. Minamino has been linked. But of course he's in Japan doing the qualifiers with them. So... It's a tough situation for him to kind of get that move to Leeds. Um, and then they got they got rid of a fellow called Cody, Cody <coughs> Drema to Cardiff. And for whatever reason, this really sent Ian mad. Ian was fearful at this. He was so angry because Leeds weren't bringing anyone in to replace. Yeah. And obviously, they're in, they're in a bit of an injury crisis as well. But yeah, that's Leeds. Leicester have done absolutely zero as well. Bit uh, of a bit. Of, I, I think they need a centre-half. I think they need a hero. <laughs> They need a hero to see them at the end of the night. <laughs> There's Vinnie O'Connor outside. Everything's training around there. No fans. No off, fans. It's terrible. Um, moving on to Liverpool real quick, Cron. Luis Diaz from Porto. 40 million euros. I think it was a hijacking, was it? Or a oh, hijacking I, I attempt. Think it's unbelievable piece of business by Liverpool, I have to say, I think. Spores. Spores being spores. And you know what? It's happened again. It's <laughs> happened again. Tottenham Hotspur. It's happened again. But you're looking at Luis Diaz as, as kind of like his ability as a player. He's a very quick player. He's very, he kind of fits the Liverpool mould. And yeah, I, I'm really happy with the signing. Yeah. I'd say I think a lot of Liverpool do a lot of business in January. Funnily enough, the strange kind of complex. Like we've signed Suarez in January. We signed Coutinho in January. Sturridge, Van Dijk, you know Minamino in years gone by. Like we tend to do a bit of business in January that builds into next season. It's kind of forward planning. And I do think Luis Diaz is very much a player who Liverpool are thinking of for the future. And the deal came about because Spurs were, he was seemingly signing the contract for Spurs. Spurs were giving him great contract, great money. They gave him, they gave Porto so much more money than we were giving them. Yeah. But the thing with it was, they were giving it in installments. And, Luis Diaz is like, I don't want to go to sports. Yeah. <laughs> Get Jorgen on the phone. And Diaz was Klopp's first transfer target. It was his, his priority in the summer. And fair play to John W. Henry. He got he got the wallet out. He got he dusted the wallet down. <laughs> yeah, they're looking at uh, young Carvalho of Fulham. Don't know if you know much about him, Cran. Ivan, is it? I think I think his name might be Josh Carvalho. Oh. I could be wrong though. I think it's Josh I'm Carvalho. Another fella. But um yeah, out for Liverpool, Nat Phillips. Now Phillips in the air. Now Phillips in the air. I love Now Phillips. I'm really going to miss him. That was Now Phillips in the air. And I'll love editing that later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's gone to Bournemouth on loan. Um, Liverpool got 1.5 million in loan fees. And I think they'll get an extra 1.8 million if Bournemouth get promotion. Captain Phillips. So yeah, it's a a good move again. I think think Now Phillips is another fabulous player. So yeah, good move. Um, Man City brought in Julian Alvarez, twenty-two year old, never heard um, fifteen point three million Argentinian. Probably very good though, because Man City. Good. Yeah, <laughs> the recruitment is always a one. They're hoping he's going to be the next Sergio Aguero. Going out for them, 
Alvarez, he went back to River Plate on loan for the rest of the season. And then Ferran Torres, of course, gone to Barcelona for 49.5 million. Yeah, and uh, do you know what? I was going to say never really worked out for him at Man City, but there was a period in time when he was very prolific. I remember he scored a screamer against Newcastle as well. I think it was like a scorpion kick. Man United now, they've brought no one in. They've prevented Jesse Lingard from leaving the club for whatever reason. They've let Tunza Aibe go to Napoli, Martial go to Sevilla, and Ahmed Diallo go to Rangers. Well, I think that's an awful transfer, though, to be honest. Mm. Um, Newcastle Cran have brought in Bruno Guimaraes, yeah. 37.9 million. Chris Wood from Borney, 27 million. Kieran Trippier from Atletico Madrid, 13.5 million. And then Matt Target on loan, and they're looking at getting Dan Bourne on loan as well. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, Guimaraes, definitely. Well, that's the thing. I don't think you're going to get many top tier players in January. So. Their, their tactic is bring in a few to paper the cracks for now. Yeah. And then we'll bring in all the good, great players. True. It's a challenge for top four in summer. I think Guimaraes is a very good sign. And he was linked with he was linked with all the top clubs as well. He's a good player. Brazilian international. He's, he's very good. I think he'll be... He could be look, it's going to take time for him to adjust to the Premier League, you'd imagine. Yeah. And it'll take even more time if he's sitting there playing with John Joe Shelby. <laughs> But um, he is a good sign, and Chris Wood for me. We spoke about it earlier about Borny. I think I think it's an awful sign. I think Chris Wood. I don't think he's 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 yeah, that good at all. You'd rate him at the bottom of the list, wouldn't you? Yeah, twenty seven million. Like I think Borny have done unbelievable business there. The fact that we Wakehurst has gone the other way, mm. and you, if you you argue Newcastle could have went for him instead, yeah, he has at least over seventeen goals a season every season he's playing the Bundesliga. Yeah, now. That would be diluted maybe slightly because if you look at every player that's come over from Germany recently, at least Timo Werner and the likes Kai of Havertz. Kai Havertz, Sancho, they haven't really performed to those levels, the mm. goal-scoring levels, but yeah, I'd still say... I that's, fancy Weghorst too, though, yeah. to perform to a high level because Not enough pressure. Of, how, of how Borne play. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think they'll play to the hell he wants to play. He's a big boy. And yeah, I think he'll get bags of goals. Um. I'm not. I, I don't think Dan Bourne. I don't think he makes makes much of a difference in Newcastle. Matt Target again, much and much, and so I don't think these. To be are fair to Dan Bourne, now, the game I did watch from him recently, he was playing in centre back, and he was marking Lukaku, I think, and he mm. did mark him out of the game. So he might be a, a cheeky good signing. But again, stick him beside Las Sales or Kieran Clark, <laughs> and yeah, you know what I mean. You're fucked. He's like. in trouble, and with manager Eddie Howe, who's. Unproven, you could say, yeah. at a club like Newcastle. Yeah, <laughs> Norwich have signed known. They've gotten rid of known. I think I've seen something about Cantwell earlier. Might be going to uh, Bournemouth on loan, which I thought was a bit Strange, of a model. Yeah, he's a very good player. Was mm. Southampton have brought in Willie Caballero, former Chelsea player as well, wasn't he? Big Willie, yeah. Big Will. Um, they've let no one go. Spurs have brought in Rodrigo Bentancourt for seventeen point one million. Dejan Kulisevsky from Juventus on loan. Good player. Um, and I was reading a report earlier from Fabrizio Romano, funny enough, um, that Carrasco was linked, mm. um, which I thought was a bit of a mad one. They're back in Conte, aren't they? Sports, to be fair. And you look at who they got rid of real quick. Brian Hill gone to Valencia. Lo Celso gone to Villarreal on loan. Tangoy and Dombele gone to Leon on loan. And then it looks like Deli Ali's gone to Everton as well. So they're, they're really... Back in Conte to the hill here. I think he's trying to get rid of all the players that he doesn't want. All the bums. Yeah. Mm. Um, 
and I think there's a few more I need to get rid of to be honest because sure. they are rubbish looking at that list I think Bentoncourt is decent and I think Kulisevsky is decent yeah I really like Kulisevsky I really yeah. really like Kulisevsky and I think well, I think the problem is they haven't signed enough um, mm. and I don't know I think a defender could have been necessary as well <laughs> Tanganga yeah oh my god he's, he's rubbish mm. he's rubbish and uh, Dyer Dyer by name Dyer by nature god Anthony they're in trouble Um. And, mm. and Conte's whole philosophy is based on a strong yeah, back core. five Wofford who made all their transfers well Claudio Ranieri was manager so just, just a few a few of them now Samir from Udinese 4.5 mil Kamara from Nice who we talked about recently 3.6 and Samuel Kalu from Bordeaux for 2.7 million all bought under Ranieri West Ham crown real quick they're in America for an attacker and Lingard was the one likely looking to go to them but um Man United have said no. They got rid of Connor Coventry to MK Dons unknown, um, or a good Irish player. Wolves have brought in Huang for fourteen million, mm. and of course they got rid of Adam Traore. Um, what 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 would your signing of the window be, Cran? Honestly, Adzi, um, I think the team that done the best business. And if you're talking about signing the window, and you're talking about Burnley with we, we, Wegworth, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I genuinely. I, I genuinely think uh, Weghurst is a complete upgrade on Chris Wood and they made 15 million off it as well. I think Weghurst is probably signing in the window. I think for 12 million crown on a, for a prolific goal scorer and we're saying this next week's episode is going to be called the Weghurst. Um, <laughs> we're saying this without you know not knowing an awful lot about him other than seeing him the odd time and looking at his stats but for me man it's an absolute no-brainer for me. I think that's one of the, the signs of the window, I think Luca Dean for Aston Villa is, is up there. Yeah, it has to be, yeah. And yeah, that's that's kind of everyone's transfer window up till that. And I, uh, I'm i I'm glad we had a bit of a Peter Adam wingy moment with Aubameyang. Well, it's kind of gone through by the looks of it. I actually um, really enjoyed that chat. Yeah. No, I did that. So, Adzi, we've talked about Premier League transfer Signings, Euro trash and Euro treasure entails just signings from Europe. Yeah, so we're gonna start off with Juventus and Cran, you're gonna you're gonna rate these signings out of a continental dish from whatever um, from whatever country it's from. Yeah. I'm gonna give you the signs of Juventus this this window. <laughs> this is a lot fresher. Dennis Sicaria from Borussia Mönchengladbach to Juventus for six point seven million out of contract in the summer. A player who was touted by a lot of people, a lot of different teams. United, Liverpool, I think City were from as well. And then Dusan Flavic. Gone from Fiorentina to Juventus for 66 million crown. How do you rate those signings out of a continental dish? It's a... Uh, don't, put on, don't put on a racist accent. You know? <laughs> pizza. <laughs> I mean, you can't do much better than pizza. Pizza. Pizza's the go. We move on into Milan, who've done a bit of a mad business. They've sort of got Felipe Casado from Lazio, sent the forward on loan. Anyone who loves the Premiership years will remember his little cameo from Man City way back when. They got Robin Gosens mm. from Atalanta, which I'm a bit sad about, a wing-back. And they got Andre Onana, goalkeeper from Ajax for a free. I think that's a good window for uh, Inter. Free, wow. Mm. Yeah, that that's ooh, that's a bit of caviar there. Yeah. Bit of caviar. Oh, well done. I was, I was, like, I was like, what are you saying? And then I remembered. Mm. Atalanta Cran have brought in Jeremy Boga. An Ivory Coast winger, eighteen point five million from Spasulo. Um, I don't know if you know much about him. I think he was playing at the Afcon, 
and from what I can remember, he is actually a Chelsea former. Yeah, Chelsea that's what I was thinking. Um, he's a very good player, very good little player. Um, and I think Atalanta could be on on something there. So what 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 will we give that crown? Oh, continental dishes. What what would you call that? That's one signing. That's bruschetta. Bruschetta. Yeah. Bruschetta. Mm. Um. Yeah. That that's that's all for our transfer. Euro trash. Euro treasure. <laughs> slash slash continental dish. <laughs> slash continental dish for Paul Hollywood. Moving I, on. I got moving on now, Cran. I got you. I got you a little present. I got you a little present, Cran. I got you a vegan Kinder Bueno from Love Raw. Vegan. No artificial nonsense. No palm oil. Cream wafer bar. Salted caramel edition. There's two of these. We're going to open it up now. And we're going to have one each. You've been drinking yours with a Corona. Right. Um, I have Evolvic Touch of Fruit Mango Passion Fruit Sugar Free with me. And this is the vegan agenda. This is It's all resting on this. Mm. This is nice. I, I don't know whether it's nice though. Not bad. You know what, Adji? That is decent. That is decent. I always rate them on aftertaste. Because that's what the vegans do. Mm. They get you at the start and they get the aftertaste. Mm. Wafer. Not a strong aftertaste. It's absolutely lovely. That is delicious. It is. It's a good alternative. Beautiful. Yeah. Shout out to Love Raw for sponsoring this week's episode. We're going to move on now to the AFCON. Cran. Quick update on the AFCON. I know I've been keeping an eye on it. I don't know if you have. We're at the semi-final stage now. Being played on the 2nd of Feb and the 3rd of February. Semi-finals between Burkina Faso and Senegal. Yeah. And they will play the winner of Cameroon and Egypt. But just let's go back to the quarterfinals real quick. Burkina Faso ran out 1-0 winners against Tunisia. Um, who had beaten Nigeria in the previous round. A bit of a shock result for Burkina Faso. Yeah. Edmund Tapsoba of Bayern Leverkusen has been absolutely immense crown. Are you looking at the game? Edmund Tapsoba. I've heard of him, but I wasn't yeah. looking at the game. But yeah, during the semi-final. Senegal 3, Equatorial Guinea 1, crown. I did actually look at this one. Yeah, I was looking at it last night. Um, and it was funny because I, I flicked on BBC Two and this was on. Yeah. And I was like, no way, they're showing it on BBC. The mm-hmm. whole time, I wanted a bit of punditry. And Jermaine Genius was presenting. Oh, Christ. And to be fair to him, as he, I know we don't like him as pundit, but I actually don't think he's a bad presenter. I'll give that to nah, him. As far as he's all right. Enough, yeah. He's a bit dry, but he's okay. Um, It was the first goal Senegal have conceded all tournament. Um, they've been very solid defensively, and to be honest with you, oh there wasn't much between there wasn't much between them. And Saren Kuyate were both on the score sheet. Sadio Mane actually played very well again. Gambia nil, Cameroon two. Gambia have had an unbelievable tournament. They beat Naby Keita's Guinea in the previous round. They only conceded one goal before the game against Cameroon, which they lost two 0 and that was against Mali, and it was a penalty. So Gambia kind of have been very very good. Cameroon. Two goals from Toko Akambe. And by the way, Cameroon's previous game was against Comoros. And that was by far the game of the tournament. Yeah. You were looking at that one. I remember we were both looking at it. Because <laughs> the dancing, man. I love Comoros' dancing. Yeah, it was 2-1 to Cameroon in the end. Shakar Alhadhor, the left-back of Comoros, played in goal for them because their keepers came down with COVID. Yeah. And the moment of the tournament came when he done that double save. I don't know if you've seen it. I did. Most unorthodox save you'll ever see in your life. <laughs> left-handed. Um, left-handed. And Yusuf Machangaima um, got a free kick in the game. Oh, my God. It was an unbelievable free <laughs> kick. And they lost the game 2-1. Well, it's one of the best free kicks I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I've never looked at a game of football more. I've never looked at a game of football and wanted the team to win more than, like obviously, the likes of Liverpool. 
But I was looking at this going, come on, cameras, come on. <laughs> they were so unlucky. Stay with me. The, <laughs> <laughs> the Changama goal free kick was unbelievable. Um, and Cameroon won in the end. I do think Cameroon probably weren't out the winners. Of this. It is it is in Cameroon. But um, they have a tough task against Egypt, of course. But real quick. It's going to be game in the tournament. Egypt 2, yeah, potentially. Egypt mm. 2, Morocco 1. Salah carrying Egypt, man. To this fucking final, I swear to God. Um, a goal and assist in this game against Morocco. He scored the winning penalty against Ivory Coast. And by the way, real quick, <laughs> I want the Ivory Coast FA to be investigated by FIFA. Stop, I swear to God. No, 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 no. This has to be said, right? The, a penalty shootout, and they take off the most prolific striker in Europe at the minute, Haller, yeah. Sebastian Haller. The fucking game against, who was it against? And your man dropped the ball, Sierra Leone. The game against Sierra Leone and Stephen Calker gets a fucking assist. He drops the ball in the last minute, man, not and they only, score. Not only does he drop the ball, he drops it backwards yeah, in and the gives direct. gives it to fucking Calker and they draw the game. Man, I want, I want the Ivory Coast FA to be checked for corruption. I swear to God. Hakimi's goal in the game against Malawi, by the way. I don't know if you've seen a free kick. You're laughing here. <laughs> it's been a decent tournament. I've actually enjoyed yeah. it. It's been a good kind of, especially this weekend with no football. It's been good to have something to look at. And uh, I will miss when it's gone. So we'll predict we'll predict the semi-finals real quick, Cran, will we? Burkina Faso versus Senegal. I do think this could be a bit of an upset. I haven't watched much of them now, but they, they are causing a few upsets. So yeah. um, I go one all extra time. I think it's going to be Senegal going through. Yeah, I we we've we've tried to predict this tournament so many stages over the past few weeks, and we've gotten it unbelievably wrong every time. Um, so I'm gonna go with Burkina Faso. Yeah, because I'm going with me heart here. I'd love to see Mane and Salah in the final against you. I really would, but just the underdog story of Burkina Faso getting a win against Senegal and going to the final would be great. I'd love to see Mendy get the final as well. Yeah. It would be it'd be a great yeah yeah exactly. Yeah. I'd love to see, I would love to see Mane get to the final and win it, but I just really want Burkina Faso to win it. I just there's something about them that I'm really enjoying. Um, the other semi final is Cameroon, of course, against Egypt. We spoke about them recently. Yeah. I do think Cameroon will win the whole thing. I think it's kind of irrelevant who Cameroon play in the final, but again, a part of me wants Salah to win the whole thing now. That now that he sits far. Yeah. I do want I do want so in, in my ideal world my ideal world it's Burkina Faso against Egypt in the final yeah it's funny because uh, Cameroon as well they have Abubakar who scored loads of goals so mm. it's going to be a good game I think I'll watch that one yeah it's I think I'll watch two, two of them be good games I'd say yeah uh, to be fair there's nothing else on the telly time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's our Afcon update <laughs> so we're going to move on now to our Get it out segment. Get it out. That was weak, Azzy. Get it out. <laughs> Alberto Rhino. You know I love you, Albie. And we're moving on now, Cran, to the ultimate OnlyFans football podcast, Premier League team of all time. And how we're going to do this, Cran, is we're going to rank every position yeah. in a 4-4-2 formation. And we're going to do, obviously, fifth, fourth, third, second, first. And if a player is ranked fifth, they get two points. Rank fourth, they get four points. Third, they get six points. Second, they get eight points. And the best keeper, of our opinion, gets ten points. And then we'll we'll put everyone's points together, and we'll come out with one keeper. And yeah, this will be happening 
bi-weekly so every it might be every two it might be sporadically yeah they'll do the left back if you have nothing else to get out yeah they'll do the left back and etc so so this week we'll start off with goalkeepers yeah we ha- I think we have to you know what I mean for me in anyways for my OCD I need chronological order in my life so I did request goalkeepers today um, and obviously again share with your mate AJ for coming with the idea yeah. we really do appreciate it um, so yeah top 5 Premier League goalkeepers of all time you can be assured that this is going to be full of bias as most of the podcast is but um, yeah your number 5 Cran my number 5 um, I'm going to give it to an Irish legend I would say he's on the telly now him and Packy <laughs> Packy Bonner that is <laughs> Shea Given ladies and gentlemen what a keeper yeah. for years Newcastle then he went to the um, newly oil funded Man City yeah. and in 2008 he moved and you know what watch him week on week when I was young he not much got past him you know what I mean he was a very solid keeper and being at like I wouldn't say big clubs but they'd be you know mid clubs he did very well you know yeah. what I mean I think that can't be spoken about enough. He's won the only, he's won the sixteen keepers to get over a hundred uh, Premier League clean sheets, and yeah, I just I, I rate him very highly for Ireland as well. I thought towards his decline in his career when we were struggling for goalkeepers, not now. Yeah, yeah. Like Randolph coming in took a while, and I think we missed him dearly. So yeah, I'll I'll give it to Shea Given number five, Adzi. Yeah, I'm I'm giving my number five, and a few people did say Shea Given as well, but mm-hmm. I'm giving my number five, Cran. To David De Gea, I, I, to be fair, he's he kind of had a bit of a renaissance this past season. He's been one of United's better players, and even even when he was poor for United, because he did go through a period where it felt like every week he was making a mistake. Yeah, he was still keeping them in games. You know what I mean? Games that they could have been smashed in. One thousand and twelve saves in the Premier League. Wow. He has won the second most overall of all time. He has the second most saves in the Premier League, and it's, you know it probably says a lot about United's decline in the past few years. That he's facing that many shots. Ben Foster is number one for anyone who cares. But yeah, he has he has one Premier League title as well. And yeah, I think David Hay deserves a show. Not a bad show, I'd yeah. say. Um your number four. My number four, it's gonna go to Edwin Van der Sar. Growing up, he was unstoppable for United. Yeah. Um he was a very good keeper and he was annoyingly good. Yeah. And I think him and, and Czech were probably the best in the league at the time. I don't know if Van der Sar still holds his record, but there was a period in time where he held the record for most consecutive clean sheets in the Premier League. Yeah. Game after game for United when uh, I think it was 2008, 2009. Great season from him. But yeah, good show. Completely based on bias. Well, it's not actually, he, I think he does deserve a show. But I'm giving it to Alisson. Too early for me now. Uh, well, I, I disagree. I think he's achieved a lot in his in his kind of short stint so far as Liverpool keeper. So he's been here in those years since, you know, Obviously, his fourth season we won Champions League, second season we won the Premier League, and that fourth season as well, slim pickings between ourselves and see it was one point in the end. There could have been a chance for us winning the Premier League and Champions League in Allison's fourth season, and he would have been pivotal in that. For me, of all of Liverpool's signings, he's for me he's our most instrumental signing. Because in the years previous to him, we had the likes of Carius, Mignolet, Brad Jones. It was just awful keepers. awful keeper after awful keeper. And he's come in and he's just stabilising it. And you know what I mean? He's a handsome bastard and I love Allison. And he scored Liverpool's goal season last season, which I think for me, header. A header. In all of the Premier League years, I think it's one of the biggest moments in Premier League history. 
Um, the goalkeeper scoring a last minute winner too. Given the circumstances of lockdown and even his own personal circumstances of his father dying and stuff, it was all it was like it was like an act of God when he scored. So <laughs> yeah, Alison for me gets gets fourth. You just avoid well. Yeah, number three, Cran, for yourself. My number three goes to another Liverpool keeper. This is the shock for the books and it's going to trigger the United fans. It shocked me when he said it to me. No. It's, it's going to trigger all the United fans who love Edwin van der Sar. Sorry about you. I'm picking Pepe Reina ahead of him. Oh, oh has he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I even, when he said it to me earlier, I was like, are you sure? <laughs> um, like, and he, listen, first, he gave a good reason for it. Go on, give it let me justify it, all right? Let me. He looks freezing there, doesn't he? Sorry, go on, continue. Growing up now, this fellow was a bit of a pest for me. And I have to say, he didn't play in the best Liverpool team. So I think that's one thing that sticks out when I name this stat. Petr Cech has the most clean sheets ever in the Premier League. He has the highest clean sheet rate apart from one man. He's 46.6%. Reina has a higher clean sheet rate. He's 45.7%. And he's the only man that's ahead of Petr Cech. Now, I'm not a big man for stats. It says something when someone as good as Petrček, when someone is ahead of him, it says to me that he's a very good keeper. Yeah. So I've put him toward. I think it's a good show. I, I do think it's a good show. I mean, I still think it's a bit of a mad one. I do think it's a bit of a mad one. If you offered me Pepe Reina or Allison, I'd always go for Allison. That's just a personal preference. But I do think I do. You've justified it, and you're not the first person that said Pepe Reina to me today. Well, someone yeah. has to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. True. True. My number three, Cran, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big fan of David Seaman, partly due to his name being Seaman. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen a lot of people put, put David Seaman in the thing. That's only a joke, by the way. I've seen a lot of people put David Seaman in the thing. I didn't, I didn't see a lot of David Seaman. Stop. What? It's not saying the same. Oh, no, I didn't getting... see a lot of him in the Premier League. Right. I didn't see a lot of him. So it's very hard for me to comment on someone who I didn't see a lot of. So I've decided to put Jens Lehmann in. Who Arsenal bought for one point five million um in two thousand three. He's a mad fucker, wasn't he? Yeah, I I have I literally have written here quality shithouse. Um he was the goalkeeper in the, the Invincible season. And he obviously they won the Premier League that season. And <laughs> oh, I personally just prefer I just prefer him to David Seaman. That's all. I prefer him as well. Uh, there's actually one one thing I remember one time I was watching Lehman on the telly. <laughs> Alright. And the ball went out of play. There was loads of players around him. The ball went out of play for a throw-in. <laughs> he started running out to take the throw-in. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, he um, was a mad fucker. He was a mad fucker, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good shout, though. Uh, you're number two, Graham. Um, I'm going to give it to Peter Schmeichel. Very good keeper. Played with United from years 1991 to 1999. I stole that And then he went on to City, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's a tosser. A lot of clean sheets. I did. I do think I was. I didn't grow up near watching Peter Schmeichel, so I I can't really comment on how good he really was. Mm. So that would be ignorant of me. I won't do that. But based on the stats, I've gone for him, and based on all the noise of around him, I've mm. gone for him second. Well, we would have gotten dogs views if he wasn't involved. Yeah, exactly. So he had to be involved. He, you know, I think we have the same one and two. To be honest with you, I do. Yeah. Um, and look at Peter Schmeichel. He's an absolute wanker. <laughs> but he played for United between 1991 and 99, as you said. Aston Villa, 2001 to 2002. He scored a goal for Aston Villa as well. Yeah. Played for Man City then from 02 to 03. He has five Premier League titles. Uh, the 92-93 title, 93-94 title. 
96, 96, 97 titles. <sighs> and then the 98, 99. So he's the only keeper to do it, to do two two-peats. And that's a real American saying. But they, they'd be like, a three-peat. <laughs> oh my God. LA Lakers won three national titles in a row. But that's what they call it. He's the only one to win. Lakers. <laughs> he won two consecutive Premier League titles <laughs> twice. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. It shows how good he was. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that my dad always said when we were watching football about any keeper, if he was performing well, was, you know, a keeper making himself big and making himself a presence, mm-hmm. making himself be known. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of goalies modeled themselves off Schmeichel from how good he was. That's what my dad used to say. He's like, that's what Schmeichel used to do for United. He used to come out and make himself big, make himself a presence. And look, that's why United won so many things. You know what I mean? You can't build a house without a foundation. And Schmeichel was that foundation to that house. Our number one. No, that's weird. <laughs> right. So myself and Adzi both picked Petr Cech. And I think it's self-explanatory why. Yeah. Like, I mean, he had that awful head injury, didn't he, that time with Stephen Hunt and put on the, what, what would you call it? Like a, It was a helmet, was it? Yeah. And it's, it's no, it's iconic. I'm not laughing about it. It's an iconic thing because... I remember. Like when you think about Peter Cech, when you think about Peter Cech, you think of his helmet, and it's like it's an iconic thing. Like you know <laughs> what I mean? Have you ever seen the FIFA meme where he's like wearing it into the like <laughs> the conference meetings meetings and stuff? Yeah. Um, <laughs> just speaking about real quick, four Premier League titles: two thousand four, two thousand five, oh five, oh six, oh nine, ten, and then fourteen, fifteen. He was all part of them teams. Four Premier League titles. He's just a great player. And don't forget the iconic. The iconic moments in the Champions League final. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, those are underrated. I think it was Robin's penalty he saved. Mm. He saved Messi's as well. Mm. You know what I mean? He, on the run. In, like, you can't underrate a keeper like that. And his clean sheets record speaks for himself. You know, mm. he has... 202. 202. The most in Premier League history. As I said, the highest clean sheet percentage. And... He's out there by a mile. Thousand and five saves, the third most in Premier League history, by the way, as well. He's just he, for me, in anyways. Look at, just look at what Schmeichel's won. It's definitely, it's definitely Schmeichel or Czech. Mm-hmm. I think the other three are kind of irrelevant. Um, to be honest, um, I was going to put Brad Friedel in for the laugh, but I didn't. Um, wait, wait for Steve and when we're talking about right backs because he's coming. <laughs> but um, yeah, that that's our top five. So I'll, I'll run through mine real quick. David de Gea, number five. Allison, number four. Jens Lehmann, number three. Number two, Peter Schmeigel. And number one, Petr Cech. Cran, you're top five. My top five. It is Shea Given, number five. I've gone number four, Van de Sar. Three, Pepe Reina. Two, P- Peter Schmeigel. And number one, Petr Cech. You better, you better check yourself before you better wreck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, folks. Yeah, what a show. What a, what a long show. But it's a good show. Very enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, we're after being kind of commenting on Deadline Day as a whole. But yeah, very enjoyable. Um, Quick shout out to everyone because we could have a few newbies listening. Uh, our, our, I'm not going to say viral because I, I, I wouldn't say it's viral. The the TikTok that was put up recently of uh, Salve Wolves going through like a, a madman battering all the Brentford players um, has reached 16.3 thousand views on TikTok. Thanks for all the love and support as usual on our Instagram and Twitter. Everyone's um, welcome here. Yeah, absolutely. Come here, everyone's welcome. We're we're an open book. We appreciate all the love and support as usual. Cram, anything else to say? Yeah, just as as you said, just follow all of our social channels. We have loads of them now. Mm. I can't end them all at this point, but uh, that's it. 
thanks everyone for listening yeah so we'll leave it there so we'll leave it there so <laughs>